Hello and welcome to Glitch Keyboard Gaming Podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And this week, uh, we want to do something a little, well, I don't want to say different, but a more... Hmm, I'm trying to think of the right word. More basically to controversial i would say like controversial to the popular consent of video games that's the best way you could have said it came out i was like thinking like it just came out off the cuff full improv yeehaw (laughs) (laughs) um we want to take a look at games that do not glorify war or even killing Uh, basically to an extent, you'd say the opposite of most modern video games, because we all know that the military and games like it glorify shooting, killing. I mean, it's a game and there's a rush when you just unload a full clip into someone because, you know, it, it's not going to do that in real life or hopefully you don't. But I've been really wanting to do this topic recently um even before all current events and stuff i just i couldn't think of the best way to put it but i have a list here of like games that i've played uh there's maybe one of them that i didn't really get too far into but all these other ones like they they hit me uh on a different level and they're kind of all different genres which is kind of interesting too um but do you want to say anything before we kind of jump in? Or? Yeah, um, I think it's this is a really interesting topic. And I was really, really excited whenever you first brought it up because it's so different than what you would normally expect when you ever you hear someone talking about games or reviewing or just discussing or having a conversation about them. Most games, like you said, mm-hmm. are all about the run and gun, like the shoot, the get more points, get as many headshots as you possibly can. But you never have to see the other side of that story, right? Like, yes, of course, they are video game characters, but maybe interject yourself into that world a little bit, right? Maybe that game character was a father. Maybe they were a mother, right? They had a family. You just ended that line. And I think that it's pretty amazing that there are actually games out there that give you the other side of that story, which I think is fantastic. Not fantastic in like the, oh my God, it's great. No, it's very depressing, <laughs> right? But it's it, it's nice to actually see games want to express that sort of realism, uh, to make players actually think about the choices that they're making before doing so. Uh, I think the first instance uh, that I kind of ran into something like this was whenever I heard about pacifist runs in games, where you mm-hmm. instead of doing the normal like playthrough where you're just destroying everything, you actually are forced and rewarded for playing a game without killing anything, which is really interesting and incredibly difficult, right? Because all the games are designed to have you clear out the enemies in front of you. So having a game do that, like the flip side of that is pretty fantastic. So I, I know that there's a lot of games out there and a lot of popular games and a lot of fun games in which, you know, violence is the core mechanic of their game and it sells. It does really well. 
And of course, you know, as players, we vote on these games and these styles with our money. So the more money we pump into titles like that, the more they're going to continue to make them. That's just how AAA studios work. But I think it's very important for us to start, I guess, like praising and maybe voting with our money in a different way for these games that showcase the real world effects of war uh, because they just have such a stronger meaning behind them and such a stronger message. And there are some games out there that you, on the surface you would see as a typical run-and-gun shooter war game, uh, but they were able to kind of sneak in some of those aspects of, uh, you know, the the consequences to your actions in a very interesting way. And I think that more games should do that, uh, where it's like having lore there for the people who are looking for lore. Like you can still play the game without, you know, focusing on these details, but for the watchful eye or the one who's really paying attention, those little details might catch up to you. So I do find it really interesting. And I like I said, this is a fantastic little topic that you came up with. I'm really excited to dive into this. So Yeah, it there was actually two things that made me really think about this subject. Um one of them was the game This War of Mine, which is one I'll be jumping into in a minute. But the other game was, I was reading something, I think they closed the servers down not too long ago. I think it's maybe like a year ago or so, but there was this game in the early 2000s uh, called America's Army. Hmm. Um, If you've played video games during that era, uh, you might have heard about it, or you might have heard about through people that you know, in America, a big thing is always the glorification of military. Mm-hmm. Or is someone coined militainment? Never heard that, but oh. it kind of fits in with this game. But yeah, militainment. it's uh, it just sounds gross. It was, <laughs> it sounds really perverse, yeah, just, right? Like that, it just, eh, whatever. I, I'm, very, I'm not a military like, guy, totalitarian. So yeah, it does sound very totalitarian. You're right. Like, I enjoy my shooters. You know, I, I'm more into, like, shooters with a story and not just, like, you know, your Call of Duties and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I've i never really been a pro... I, I've never been a pro-war person. never really been too, like, interested in the military either. But America's Army was a game created by the United States Army. And basically, it was intended to inform, educate, and recruit prospective soldiers. Um, this was going on from 2002 till, I think, yeah, it says May 5th, it was shut down this year. Is that Arma, or is that a different game? Arma? Arma's a different okay. game. Okay. Um, Arma is more like a survival military. That that one's actually kind of interesting. Um, it's different. America's Army is like basically you would get recruited if you're really good in this game. Um, you know, people have done that with Call of Duty as well. Uh, if they're being like playing like esport matches um, and they were really good, they would usually be you know offered a position. But That's America's Army is basically trying to show what it would be like to be in the military and of course this is like you know think about oh i'm the the macho pumped up i can shoot everybody and live kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know it's not showing you the dark gritty problems of war not just with your own 
mind, but all the aftermath of war, either by what you caused or what everyone has caused by the chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, it was interesting because around the time it it won like awards for being like biggest surprise or you know best value because i mean it was free Mm. they're not going to charge you for a game where they want to recruit you you know um and they had multiple different versions uh sequels they kept releasing maps it's the multiplayer was kind of like counter-strike uh i remember back in the day i used to play a lot of counter-strike and my friends would be like, oh, we should play America's Army because it's kind of the same, but maybe a little more realistic. And I'm like, I don't know. I just felt weird. You know, mm-hmm. like there's something different about playing Counter-Strike or Halo versus America's Army. Like it's just, I don't know. It, it leaves like a weird taste in your mouth. Like you're like glorifying like, oh, I'm actually going to be a soldier versus like playing Halo and your Master Chief. You know, it's for some reason it was just different for me. Um, and the scary thing is, um, before I jump into the game I want to talk about, the way they recruited is there's been issues even recently where, you know, they have these buses, they drive around the city. It's supposed to be for like inner city kids that, you know, instead of getting into trouble, they have this safe little bus that they can play games in uh it's usually set up by the cops or sometimes it's the military and it's like oh here's all you know call of duty and battlefield and all shooter games and it's like Mm -hmm. are you recruiting them like are you dusting the keyboards of their fingerprints later to get like Mm -hmm. a way to recruit them you know because i mean it's it's possible it i know people have said that they've been approached just from you know playing that or been offered um and it's kind of scary to think about it because it's like, imagine like you're really good and then you get offered this, you go for it. And then, you know, if you don't enjoy it, your life's messed up in a sense, you know, like you're just going to come back a different person. It's so funny that you bring that up. So I, I got to kind of like go on a tangent real quick because those army guys, I remember, man, they went to my high school once. And at this time I was mm-hmm. a junior in high school I was captain of the wrestling team. And they had, like, huge speakers in the back of their truck. They were out there during lunchtime. They pulled up, like, three F-150s all decked out in army attire, like, onto uh, the campus, like, on the grass, right? So they, like, drove through the school, technically, which I thought Mm -hmm. was ridiculous, right? And then they did, like, a little, um, like, weightlifting challenge. And then they had some games that kids could play. And, you know, at that time I was very fit and I was, you know, I still was very small frame. So a lot of people underestimated me at that time. So like you saw some of the football players just like going crazy and like loving it, you know, lifting weights, like, like just trying to really impress these army guys, which I thought was just sad and horrible. (laughs) I was like, okay, you guys are pathetic. Uh, But then one of the football players who was also (laughs) on the wrestling team saw me walking by and was like, yo, Christian, get over here. Let's do this. I went, all right, fine, whatever. So, like, I went up there with, like, my rainbow hair, just, like, oversized plaid pants, you know, and the army guys were like, hey, like, this is a lot of weight. I went, yeah, I know, it's fine. So, (laughs) I went up and I I picked up everything, no problem, did it all, you know, like, I even beat one of the army guys in a a pull-up challenge. 
And then I just left. I was like, I'm not hanging out. You guys suck. <laughs> like, they're like, hey, let's chat. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. And I just went and I ate my lunch. But then that Saturday, it was like three days later, um, someone comes knocking on my door at like nine in the morning, right? And I opened the door and it was mm-hmm. one of those army recruiters that was there at the school and was like, hey, I'm here to take you to your test. And I'm like, what test? He's like, it's your army reserve test. You're you like, you need to go do it now. It's your duty as an American. So get in the truck. It's time for your test. I'm like, I didn't sign up for shit. Like, I'm not going yeah. anywhere with you. Nope. And I closed the door right on his face. <laughs> but like, that's how they get huh. these kids. Like you, you're, you hit the nail right on the head. Like they get them with like, oh, this is exciting. This is so cool. And then I didn't know that they just showed up to your door and just said, hey, I'm taking your test. You have to go right now. Like making it seem like you have an obligation that like you're going to get in trouble. Right. Like if you don't do it. Mm -hmm. And as a high school kid, most kids are probably going to be like, oh, crap, I have to do this. You know, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I know my rights. I'm not going to do that. Like my uncle is in the military. He's a dick. (laughs) I'm not doing that. So it's pretty funny. Yeah. Sorry. Took it off the rails a little bit, but go ahead. No, because, I mean, in high school, like, a lot of my friends at the time, like, we all played games, and out of the eight that were in my core group at the time, like, four, maybe five of them joined the Marines mm-hmm. or the Air Force, and I'm like, really? Did you guys do that from playing games? Because they played a lot of, like, Call of Duty and stuff at the time, and I'm like, that's so weird. But like, because they were so interested in it and I would hang out with them, like you would have these recruiters always like joking about it. Like, Oh man, you're really good at this game. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah. You know, like it, it was just, I don't know. It was a weird feeling, but uh, one thing that did come out from America's army that kind of, I guess, proved beneficial in other ways was it created uh, different kind of government training and simulation that soldiers and people like in the secret service and stuff could play out without having to harm anybody. That's um, interesting. I guess that's their, their positive side of it, but, um, or there's no positivity. Um, but I, I'll, let, let's start with the games, yeah. I guess. Um, first one I want to talk about is, a game that really surprised me, and I think it surprised a lot of other people uh, when they found out about it, and it, it's actually still kind of, I don't want to say a quiet game, but it's kind of like a cult classic, but Spec Ops The Line uh, is a very interesting game. Uh, it came out in 2012, and it's it's first it starts out as your typical shooter, right? Squad-based third person view and you know you're set into dubai uh you're trying to save a colonel and the one thing that already surprised me was it was a different kind of dubai basically the whole area was covered in sand um imagine like a post-apocalyptic dubai basically and i thought it was really interesting how they use sandstorms to really play with the environment and it actually really added to a lot of the story in that game but you know it starts out typical shooter right you you think nothing of it you're like oh this is okay like this is like the 20th game of this style but when i started digging into it and i found this out later the people who created it 
their story was heavily inspired by the book Heart of Darkness. Uh, they were really into Bioshock. They wanted to create a game like Bioshock that was political and different and stood out from other games of that genre or style. And I'm not going to get into the spoiler, but there's a part, I would say halfway through the game, that it it changes the mood. Um, to put it bluntly, your character realizes, like, war is not good. You should not be there. Right? Like, the decision that you personally made was not good in the view of, like, humanity. Right? Like, maybe good for the for your, your military, but you as a human, you see the the aftermath of what you just did. And the way that game really pushes that issue forward, it's it seems so realistic and so horrifying. And it's like you you really feel the pain. And at that point, I never really felt that way from a game. I was like, oh my God. It, like you sh- you play this game to someone who's like all into the military or like just war killing and it's it's either gonna like make them say wow or people are just gonna say this game is boring mm-hmm. but to me it's something that really will stand i don't say the test of time i mean it's other than that kind of like twist it it's an okay game you know it, it's fun it's enjoyable but that twist and what happens throughout later on where you're living with that, you know, carnage, it's, that's fascinating. It, it's something that I've never felt from a shooter. And even to this day, you don't really see a take on killing mm-hmm. like in that game. Like they, the people that made the game, they, they wanted to make it where, you know, you feel bad about killing players. Like they felt during that time, which is true. Most games were, you know, kill everyone you see, like don't feel bad about, you know, using this chainsaw on your gun to like cut someone apart. You know, it's just the game, Mm. but they wanted people to play this and be like, dude, this is real. Like this could be real life. You know, like we need to think more about our actions, even if this is just the game. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, I've never actually played Spec Ops because I just always assumed it was another one of those like Call of Duty games. You know, like I, my mind mm-hmm. just kind of like stays away from those titles. You know, like I just I feel like yeah. I don't have anything that I really want from them because I don't like the idea of glorified killing for some reason. Like in a fantastical sense, I can totally just like turn my brain off and just enjoy the title. But when it when they go for that like hyper realism and then all that, like it's really tough for me to actually enjoy those games. But hearing you describe it, I really do like how they are using the scenery itself to help tell the story further. So like you mentioned mm-hmm. that this is all speculation on my part since I've never played the game. But you mentioned that there is kind of a twist at the end where the character is going through that internal dialogue of, you know, is this the right thing? Is war right? Well, like looking at the scenery, you are seeing that these this is the after effects of war and not cooperation, right? Like Dubai is covered Mm -hmm. in sand. You're going through some sort of turmoil, right? Like something that could have been avoided if the focus wasn't on killing each other. 
right? Instead, like working with each other, we mm-hmm. probably could have avoided something like that. Like whether it came about through global warming or through just war itself, I don't know. But, you know, I don't know if that's ever explained in the game. But, you know, I think that's a really, really clever way of doing it. it, Like using the environment to help enrich their message, even if it is like subliminally, right? It's not in your face like, Mm -hmm. oh, there was atomic bombs dropped in the desert and everything got covered in sand. Like, yeah, okay, that's a very straightforward way of doing it. But letting the environment, you know, fill in those gaps and then letting your mind further fill those in is a very interesting and enriching way of actually telling the story without having to spoon feed it to the players. And I I think it just kind of like backs their message even further, which I think is pretty fascinating. Yeah, it's interesting because there's times where it's like, you know, you're, you're going through this carnage and you see the landscape of just a city filled with sand and you're like, oh, that's kind of pretty, even though like the scene in front of you is like flipped over cars and people on fire and stuff, you know, and then the next you're in a mall and you're having a big gunfight with people on the other side and you end up shooting like this big glass window and it just floods the whole mall with sand. Like it's very interesting. The contrast of, I guess, beauty with the morbidity. You're seeing the aftermath Um, of war. But still playing through. Yeah. It's very, very clever. Yeah. It's, it'd be interesting to see more games like mm-hmm. this or something similar to that style. Yeah. Um, so these two games that I'm going to talk about, um, they kind of go to together. I actually didn't realize they were made by the same team, but thinking about it now, it kind of makes sense. Um, there's a game called Valent Hearts. Mm-hmm. it's by ubisoft um i forgot the small developer's name but it's a adventure game kind of like i don't say point and click but it's it's drawn it's um it looks nice it, it, it's a pretty interesting game um i remember when it came out it was one of those like it was during like the indie boom i guess you could say um and People talked about it, but it wasn't like blown up everywhere. Like it was kind of there. People liked it and then it just kind of went away. But it's a cool game. Um, it follows your German soldier and you want to. Um, you're separated. Well, so. It, the game takes place in 1914. Yeah, right after Franz Ferdinand is killed. Um, not the band, but there there was a person <laughs> back then. Um, not the band. <laughs> and and you you live in France with your wife and child, but uh, France starts deporting Germans. And that's where you, Carl, come into play. Um, you're separated by your family to fight in the German army. And basically, throughout the game, you see the war from different perspectives. Um and there's different characters you play as well, all dealing with the war in different, like the, the front from the Fran, like French or ugh, well, France. And it's, it's been a long time since I played this, but I remember like really it, it captured me in a different way than spec ops. Like instead of being the person that caused the destruction, you're there kind of, seeing the destruction from different viewpoints like you're never seeing it from like the enemy's eyes in this game but you 
you're living it, you're surviving in it. And it's, it's based off of stories that people that they found, uh, by interviews and stuff like that. So it, it has some truth to the story behind this. Cause I mean, think about it. A lot of people did get separated from their loved ones during the war. And it's interesting that this game tried to touch on that subject because I think this came out a few years after spec ops. And I feel like the early or mid like 2000 teens or whatever, we kind of saw some of this like anti-war uh, media being brought out. And I thought this game did a pretty good job at it. Um, they really wanted to capture the, the accurate portrayal of lives separated by war. Uh, and that's kind of what it was, it was known for. You know, it's not a brutal take on the genre, but it's trying to open your eyes. Uh, and their, their second game is called 1111 Memories Retold. Mm. And I started playing this the other day. I didn't finish it. I think I'm pretty pretty into it it's a it's interesting it it's definitely a little different than valen hearts it's kind of in the same realm of like adventure game i don't want to say like the telltale games but it's something like that like a narrative heavy game the thing that i like about it the most are the visuals uh it's inspired by impressionism it looks like an oil painting um very interesting look and i think that's what made me interested in that game and it has you playing the role of two different people. You play as Harry, who's a photographer who joins the war for fame. He wants to be a famous war photographer. Mm-hmm. And the other person is Kurt. He's a German engineer who joins the war after hearing that his son's unit is missing. Um, basically, they end up coming together due to getting stuck in a cave. And basically, you're going throughout this game like kind of seeing the war between two different eyes kind of from two different opposing forces and it's interesting it it really does feel like valent hearts where it's like you're you're part of the military but you're like not for the war you're just kind of stuck there trying to get through it but it's also another game that isn't trying to focus on the brutalism or the the nasty nasty side of war it's more so like we're stuck in it and we need to just kind of survive and get through um nothing compared to the game i'll talk about in a little a little bit but yeah it's it was an interesting game it's it's not that long from what i can tell so far and it's really pretty but i like these kind of god i hate to say cheery ways of telling a story but it's it's interesting you know it really does make you think about what it's like being you know in a war separated from the people you love and we're so used to hearing books about this you know like or like all quiet on the western front or stuff like that that we never really think about it as a game these two games do something very interesting in my opinion and like they they bring more of like a humanistic touch to war itself where, like you said, you're not in it for the brutality. You're in it for, like, you're just trying to survive through this ordeal, which I feel like is a very common thread, especially back in the day for war. Like, now, like, since there is no um, no draft or anything like that, the people who are there want to be there, or at least it feels like it, right? Like, they join the army because they want to join the army. 
But like back then, yeah. like you just got pulled into this. Like, oh, are you an able-bodied person that can fight? Well, guess what? Here's a gun. Here's a helmet. Go. Like, this is what you're doing now. I don't care what you're doing before. This is what you're doing now, right? Like, and like the the art style itself, I think, really helps portray that even more. Where it's not a very harsh art style, right? Like the scenery itself is very yeah. like you know traumatic to look at to see the devastation. But it's a very approachable art style, which I actually really, really love when artists do this. And it reminds me a lot of like political cartoons and things like that, too, where everything is kind of like hyper realized a little bit and over exaggerated, uh, where it makes mm -hmm. it approachable for anybody, no matter what your you know background is, no matter what your appreciation of art is, like it's a very approachable art style. And then... Once you get into it, then you start seeing the actual story that's being un unfolded in front of you. And I feel like it's kind of it, like it is sad that these games tend to fall off very quickly after their release. Uh, but that has mm -hmm. to be due to the fact that they're not replayable, right? Like these big AAA games yeah. that are all about glorification of war. They are replayable games because there is no main focus on the story itself. For these type of games, you play them for the experience, you get the experience, you're done, right? It's like watching a war mm -hmm. movie or another movie on the Holocaust, right? Or something like that, where you watch the movie, you know what you're getting into, you experience it, you're probably okay without watching it again, right? Because you know what you're getting into, it probably was really hard to get through, um, probably very emotional. But like those kind of stories are wonderful to hear and to experience, because it just really, you know, grounds you, brings you back home. It like reminds you of to appreciate the things that you have around you a little bit better. And I think like Valiant Hearts definitely does that, right? Like it's such a beautiful style for that. Mm -hmm. But as far as like replayability, it's just not there. And I think that's where these yeah. kind of games get lost in the weeds, unfortunately. And where like the games who are doing the opposite of this, where it's like, all about the glory, all about like just the I'm I'm a badass being able to do whatever I want. You can replay those over and over again, right? Like it, it doesn't feel mm -hmm. like you're repeating because you're not hearing the same dialogue tree again, right? You're not hearing the same storyline again. You don't have those same beats again and again, which is unfortunate because like these games need a lot more attention. They really do. But that's just not yeah. how gamers work, unfortunately. So the last game I'm going to talk about actually is it to me, I think it's probably the most well known, at least modern times uh, about it, but it's repeatable. You know, I don't want to say it's like a roguelike, but it's a survival game and it's called This War is mm. Mine. Um, to me, this is still to this day, one of my top indie games. Um, in my top 10, I still put it up there because the way it handles the survival aspect is something I still haven't seen really in any other game. It's so realistic with everything that it's just, it's mind blowing. Um, I, it's on Game Pass. They just put it on there, the final cut. So it has all the extra content. And I, I was just starting to play it again because I'm like, this game meant a lot to me even before, you know, the, the added content. And it's, 
you play the role of like a survivor, right? Unlike the last games I spoke about, you, it takes place during a fictional, like, uh, the Bosnian war, but it's like a fictional setting. So it's like in that kind of setting, but imagine you, the world is at war all around you. Your country's in turmoil and you have to survive. You know, it's not like we can just grab a health pack off the ground. It's not like we have food just hanging out somewhere. Like you have to scavenge, you have to create friends or make enemies. Uh, this game is so realistic in what you have to do to survive. You know, during the day you're building your base, which is like whatever building that you like found. And sometimes there's food left in there. Sometimes there's a weapon. Sometimes there's nothing. Um, and you have, you have a little map that you're on. Uh, usually at night you have to leave and scavenge and there's enemies that you can fight. Basically the military, um, there's the rebel faction and granted you, you can be friendly with either one because you have to survive mm -hmm. and um, you can create teams of other survivors. The problem with that is, you know, they need food, they need medication. Um, something that's interesting is that not only are you worried about the food, but you have to worry about temperature. You have to worry about mental health. If a character's too depressed, you know, they, they could leave or they die. It's, Interesting is most people, you know, you'd be depressed in a situation like this. But, you know, there was one time that I was scavenging, right, at night, um, going into this house, and there's a family there, right, husband and wife. And they're like, oh, like, he's sick. Like, please don't, you know, we don't have anything to offer you. So I didn't take anything. Right. I left it. I was like, okay, like I, I feel bad. Um, oddly enough, when I came back to my base, you know, a bandit stole a bunch of my food. Mm. So I was kind of screwed. Um, I played around with the idea like, oh, I, I need to do something. So I tried to scavenge a different place the next day. I didn't really get any food. So a part of me was like, you know what? I hate to do it, but I might have to, you know, just take food from those people. And you're presented with that choice. Because think about it. If you, if there was a war happening, like your country was destabilized through the war, are you going to be a lone wolf or are you going to cooperate with other people and try to survive? But, you know, I had one other person with me and, you know, they were hungry we both were starving so i went to this house and i just you know took a little bit of food and i took a little bit of medication but i i still left some for them because i was like i feel bad doing this because while you're doing this they're following you around they're like hey please don't take all this food please don't hurt us oh wow and it's like oh here i am just looting you know so i left i i, I got what i needed that just barely got us away from starving I go back like two days later and they're dead. Mm. They, they died from starvation and stuff like that. So this game has such a, a way of being so real. And uh, in the added content, um, 
the little ones, it introduces children oh, into the game. Um, also, women can become pregnant in the game. So you have to deal with dealing with a pregnant person or children during this war. And like you have to feed them. You have to treat them basically as another adult um, during this setting. And it's so fascinating. Like You really feel like you're in a war. You know, you feel like you're totally powerless because most of the time you don't get a weapon. So if you're like trying to raid, you know, a camp or something like that, like you're kind of going against people that are armed and you might have like a knife and you don't really want to do that because you might be starving. You might be hurt already. Like it, it is a roguelike in the sense that once you die, you just start over on your build. You know, there is that kind of run. There's no progression system. Like, you're surviving until you're not. And this game, to me, still to this day, I'm like, I've never played anything like it. Like, it's it's so real and so scary how when you do the morally wrong thing, at least for me, I feel it. You know, some games where you have the moral choice, I don't feel bad about what I did because I'm like, oh, it's just a game. But like when I stole that from those people and they, you know, followed me around the house, I was like, oh, my God, I'm a bad person. Mm. And, you know, like it it's weird. And like, you know, you you can get raided. You can get all this stuff at your base, too. And it's just like. It. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it really is. I mean, for anyone that has Game Pass, I recommend that if you're in the survival games, um, if you don't have Game Pass, I mean, it goes on sale a lot. I know, I think about a week or two ago, any per- if you purchased the game, all proceeds went to uh, Ukraine oh, wow. for uh, aid. Um, I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were doing that for almost a month, I think. Uh, but it's to me, it's a game that that would stand the test of time when it comes to like great indie games it's usually always on like top list but it it's well deserved it's it's a powerful game yeah i i do really appreciate the viewpoint of this game where all these other titles that we've been talking about like you are someone on the front lines right like you're there Mm -hmm. you have the ability to fight and to survive like you you do feel like you have some sort or a semblance of power in that aspect right but in this title, yep. you are not on the front lines. You are being affected by those people fighting on the front lines, and you are just trying to survive the turmoil. But you have no power. You have no ability to just, you know, run through this to get through that next checkpoint, right? To like end what's going on, to stop the bullets from shooting at you. Like it's it's crazy. It is such a powerful tool that I am so surprised and amazed that they were able to convey those kind of emotions in a game like this uh especially like a war game like it's so impressive that they were able to do that and i i can't think of another game that really puts that much like emotional um like realism behind it when it comes to you know depicting war in that way because not everyone is going to be out there fighting 
right? Like most of us I know are going to be, if we were in that kind of situation, we are going to be trying to keep our family members, our loved ones alive as much as possible. And yeah, you're going to have to make those tough decisions like you did, you know, and feel like a horrible person, but you guys survived another day, right? Like it really becomes survival of the fittest at that point. And it's such a fascinating ordeal. And like, I love these games that don't put you in the front lines. Like even something as simple mm-hmm. as like Papers, Please, right? Like that game is fantastic, but yeah. it really, it takes you off the front line, but you are feeling every bit of what's actually going on in the country right now, right? And like it's, those kind of titles are so fascinating to me and they, they do such a brilliant job with that. So I just really like hats off to them because like, and th- this it definitely cannot be a game that's forgotten, right? And I do like the fact yeah. that this is actually a replayable game. And I think they, maybe it was subconsciously, maybe they actually were thinking about that same idea, but like most of these games that have the biggest message behind them and the most impactful stuff are not replayable, but actually making a replayable game that has such a strong message behind it really is impressive. That it's a, not mm. an easy thing to do, and it, that is very, very fascinating, very amazing that they're able to pull it off. Very well done. Did you have anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, one more thing. So, and mm. you know, like all these games that we mentioned too, they they really do discuss the brutality of war, what we go through, and like what we would anticipate as gamers as civilians what war is actually like but what's actually really funny to me and really interesting when i was doing some research on this is that some of the games that got depicted as the most similar or the most realistic to what actual war is like for the people out there fighting are deemed as the most boring war games ever made which is really, really funny. Like, I, I did bring it up a little bit in the beginning because I got a little confused, um, messed up with the games, but Arma 3 uh, is supposed to be one of the most boring war games ever. But it actually got, like, because it really, like, nothing happens in that game. You might see, like, a tank a kilometer away, but you'll never be able to catch up with them. Like, it's apparently nothing really happens in that game. But whenever you talk to a lot of veterans who come back from the war, and they play this title, they say without a doubt, this is 100% the best like vision of war and what it's actually like. So I think it's so funny that all of these games like Call of Duty, Battlefield are being used so much by like the army, the military to recruit people, to get people excited about it, to want to fight for their country, to be a badass, to be able to do all these crazy things. But then when you actually talk to the people who have lived it, who have been in the shit like that, they say that the one that is deemed one of the most boring war games is actually how it really is. So I think that's really hilarious. And I think, like, can you imagine if those recruiters would play games like Arma instead because that's what, or more close to what they're actually going to be getting into, you know? Like, how how different would that Mm -hmm. viewpoint be and how different would our viewpoint be of war itself? Like, it definitely is this, like, glorification of war from the military itself that is helping, I guess, like, lift up these titles and to make them so popular and just, like, viewed across the world 
Because you know, like the, you know, the military has to be dumping some sort of money into the development of some of these things, right? Like, like oh, they, yeah. they have to be because it's a wonderful recruitment tool. It just makes sense from a business standpoint. Remember, the military is a business. From a business standpoint, it makes sense for them to do that because it's getting people excited about it. Now, what happens when they actually show what war really is like? It's actually kind of boring and nothing really happens. Well, guess what? Their numbers drop. They don't have as many people enlisted. And I would be very curious to see the landscape of games without that included. Right? That would be really interesting to me. But I just thought that was a really interesting tidbit that was kind of funny to think about that it's just it's, yeah the the most boring game is the most realistic one so re- remember that next time you see some of these games whenever you play a call of duty and you're like oh my god it's so real well guess what it's not it really isn't so something different to think about but anyway i think that's gonna do it for us this week thank you guys so much for listening hope you guys enjoy this little conversation of the anti-glorification of war very interesting or uh the non what was it the militainment <laughs> militainment <laughs> gosh such a horrible Nasty. horrible tasting word but anyway we will be talking to you guys next week with another uh, batch of games for you to enjoy uh until then you know enjoy your weekend enjoy your week have fun out there be safe on this memorial day too as well um well this will have already been posted after memorial day but hopefully you guys were safe out there <laughs> so we'll talk to you all next <laughs> week. All right. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.